you've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Hey, everybody. Our continual Fantastic Fest coverage here at Horror Movie Night is moving along. And now I am joined by Jim and PJ, the men behind Beta Test. Guys, I have to tell you that for four years, I've been covering Fantastic Fest. And year after year after year, people are always like, what? Like, what makes Fantastic Fest different than, like, other film festivals? I think Beta Test is the movie that I can show them and be like, this is, by <laughs> definition, a Fantastic Fest movie to me. I think it captures so much, like, anarchy and dark humor and and edgy and innovative and different and current. It's it's so many things in this delightful blender. Um, what were some of the inspirations you were pulling when you made a film like this? I mean, honestly, we've been like audience members for those kinds of movies, like the kind of graphic midnight stuff that we find so funny and scary and awesome. Like, I mean, there's this weird epidemic that's happening right now where no, go, people go to the cinema and they don't feel anything. Yeah. It's like, well, I want to, I want to, you know, mess with audiences. We want to like make the movies that we want to see in the world. Um, and so, really, it was just built up from years of seeing sanitized, tame, lame bullshit. And then <laughs> PJ and I love David Fincher movies and. Bong Joon-ho movies and um, Ruben Oslin films. And then you're like, all right, let's just do these love letters to these filmmakers and also have them be very funny. Yeah, make a movie that's a lot of fun in the cinema and that definitely was opening with gasps and then having laugh along the way. And it's very satisfying to see that because that's what going to a movie should be. Yeah. No, I, I, I think the movie is such a interesting there's so much to dissect and it's it's kind of a bummer because we're we're making this obviously for an audience of people who haven't yet seen the movie so you're like in this weird push and pull where you want to talk about things but you also like want people to go and seek out the movie and and enjoy the twists and turns themselves so I'll say this much Jim 
your character of Jordan, as I'm watching this movie, what I'm thinking in my head as I'm watching it is Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Uh, I think the the thing that people love about that movie is that you have this character that thinks he's so cool and he is clearly like such a loser. And <laughs> and Jordan, I feel like, is the guy that even Patrick Bateman would be like, God, what a loser. Like he's just he's yeah. such an unlikable guy who doesn't have nearly as much swagger as he thinks he has and it's such a delight to watch him like like so much of this movie could just be like stop caring so much (laughs) and and everything would be fine but he's such a narcissist about wanting to know things that it's like he's the creator of his own problem it's fucking brilliant i love it so much he's a he's a talent agent I love that. Everybody's like, he's so despicable and unlikable and cheesy and a facade of a human being. And I go, yeah, he's a talent agent. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's normal. <laughs> Dude, Very this, when he's trying to throw around his weight at the hotel and the guy could not be less impressed. Are you in the industry? And he goes, I'm not. And then immediately the whole power shifts back. Like the, 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 the concierge at the hotel goes, I know what you're trying to do and I'm not going to fall for it. It's so good. It's just, it's just love watching somebody like for what he's so bad at lying and getting what he wants, but he thinks he's good at it. And it's just so fun to watch him just struggle and not understand why is no one giving me what I want? And that's just, that's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. I, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's that thin line, right? Like there's going to be people who watch this movie and they are absolutely going to hate this movie because they're like, this character is so unlikable. And it's like, well, then you're missing the point. This wasn't made yeah. for you. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I think like also watching it with Fantastic Fest, like they were laughing the whole time. And I yeah. think they got the fact that like, although the movie's about this like goofy idiot who's in the talent agency world, they understand that the movie is written like it's a very media literate crowd, yeah. you know, like Armor Draft House crowd. And so they're watching it knowing, like waiting for what the filmmakers are going to say next. It's a bit like watching South Park or something like that. Yeah. Like, oh, how far do we push the boundaries here? It's not like watching a normal narrative. It's like, oh, what are these guys going to do next with this guy? And that's my favorite kind of film of like, you feel like you have this direct interaction between the filmmaker and the audience. Um, it was really fulfilling to watch it with an Alamo crowd. That's I, I think the South Park comparison is really great because you you basically create a movie where it's like like what if Randy Marsh accidentally found himself in eight millimeter? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like like just such a dumb dumb unable to see beyond themselves character in such a complicated web of a conspiracy. But like, he doesn't give a shit about the conspiracy. He just wants to know what his part in it yeah. is, and it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's he just wants to find the girl. He doesn't care about how this actual much John bigger thing that's happening to the country and the world on the internet. He's it's, like, yeah, I just want to find the girl, find out what's going on to me specifically. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny, and it's so perfect for this day and age, right? Like, how many of our current situation problems are because people can't see beyond their own self and like be empathetic towards anybody else. Yeah. It's a funny thing in Hollywood. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems as though people don't really understand how they seem. And there's a lot of people who are really dishonest and cheaters. And uh, it's become this epidemic in the film industry, many industries, but really we wanted to make a movie where at the end of the film, 
after a guy's been lying to the audience's face for 80 minutes, then he has to admit to all of them. And it's very funny. It's like a very cathartic thing to watch somebody finally be honest with themselves. And yeah, that was the whole goal was to like make a movie where someone could say, okay, I've been lying. And then afterwards people were like, yeah, I know people like that. And like, I, I you know, it, it, you kind of think about it of like, you know, where, who am I lying to? Like, what is my life? Is it, am I like this? It's, it's a fun place to put an audience. I think that that's what makes PJ's character so great in the movie as well is because like PJ's character should in theory be the voice of the audience, right? Like in theory, he should be the moral high ground, but there's still this element of like PJ's character is completely compliant with everything that's happening. He's almost envious of the things that are happening to Jordan. Like, it's not like he's there saying like, dude, you shouldn't be cheating on your fiance, wife, what have you. He's just like, oh man, no, I couldn't do that. But like, yeah, yeah. let's find that girl's name. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. My favorite line of PJ's is, uh, uh, I couldn't do this with my wife. Uh, she cut my fucking head off. Uh, and her whole family's lawyers. She'd get away with it. And he's like pissed <laughs> off that she would get away with it. Like, he's like, he's like, man, how could she could get away with something like that? I can't get away with something yeah. like, 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 like There were other drafts where I was, uh, I was legitimately super jealous that this was happening to Jordan, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, why, can't, one of these why can't I get a lawyer? That sounds yeah, amazing. I never get a lawyer. always you. But I think that's what's going to make people remember this movie is that it really is subverting all of your expectations for the story beats. You know what I mean? Like PJ's character in anyone else's script would be the voice of reason that's telling Jordan not to do this as opposed to egging him on. Yeah. You're trying to get to the bottom of it. That feels like, well, I mean, we watched Zodiac a thousand times, but like the relationship between Robert Graysmith and Dave Toschke is like very much that of like, they have these long form conversations about, you know, who Zodiac could have been. And they have, they both have the same like compulsion to find out what happened. Um, And so like those scenes at the bars with the two of us is that we get to like steal kind of Zodiac, detective pornography and have it fit into this narrative about purple envelopes. And it's like, and then he still gets to play the kind of best friend character uh, that is all of the comic relief of like, I can't believe, like, are you, are you kidding me? You did this in this climate? And he's like, walking <laughs> around. He's like that line sick. killed me. That, that was like, <laughs> it's so, it's, it's the movie's brilliant. Like I, I can say it so many times, but it, it, it is so legitimately funny. And just a real quick shout out to Zodiac, which is like, just yeah. a David Fincher film that I think gets praise but doesn't get enough praise. Like it is I'll so good. <laughs> We've seen it too many times, and it's such a long movie, but you can't just start and not finish it. No, it's, you're hooked. You're yeah, you're hooked from the yeah. hypnotizing. You're every, watching every it scene. Three hours. It's just so I, I, there was an interview with Bong Joon Ho where he he wakes up apparently at five in the morning and watches a movie every day. And, uh, and someone said, what's a movie you watch uh, more than anyone? And he goes, uh, Zodiac. I watch it once a month. That's insane. But I love. I don't blame him. It's, and now that you're saying that, I'm like, I'm seeing those similar. It's, it's, I think what's been nice about not just your movie, but a lot of the movies that I've seen so far this year at Fantastic Fest is there are so many films where there is the homage to the things that you love. But like in this day and age, you, most people make these films where they're slapping you in the face with the homage so much so that it borderlines on just being a scary movie parody of that scene versus yeah. just like using specific lighting or just like the song in the back or something where you're like, oh, I recognize this from blank and it's invoking the emotion that they want me to invoke through the familiarity of that source. Like, Bro, legitimately, the opening murder scene, we were like, you know, PJ and I are super inspired by Giallo, like Italian movies, like Dario Argento and stuff. 
And there's the the blue and red lights that are in those scenes of like, how how giallo can we get? How like 1970s horror can we get? And like in the coloring like session, we're like, can we make that a little bit more saturated? Like how much <laughs> we a bit? But yeah, no, man, we, we, it, is a, it is a fine needle to thread. Yeah. It, it is. And, and I think, I'm glad that you brought up the murders because honestly, it, I watched this a couple days ago, so I almost completely forgot about them because they're, they're so good and they're so funny, but they're also like, ultimately, they're inconsequential because Jordan doesn't care. <laughs> like, 50 yeah. people could have died in this movie, and if it didn't directly affect the character of Jordan's life, he does not care. <laughs> it is really weird to open the movie with, like, the most graphic, violent scene I've seen in a while. It's like, we try to make it as hardcore as possible, and then you kind of forget about it. Because yeah. it's like, oh, that becomes this, like, goofy letter comedy thing, and then it becomes <laughs> more important later. She's the first victim. Um, but no, it's like in the audience, we're like, hey guys, check this movie out. It's a comedy. Enjoy it. And then yeah. the next five minutes is like the most brutal Swedish murder. I <laughs> literally. Are we in the right movie? Yeah. Like, I, I, so, I mean, obviously, I'm having to do this from home. So, like, yeah, I definitely double checked. I was like, did they send me the right file? This doesn't great, feel yeah, like yeah. what I was told I was going to be That's watching. Awesome. That's great. That's, awesome. That's great. <laughs> but no, yeah. I, I think that there is a charm to that. And I, I mean, it's so interesting, and I and I have to apologize because this year has been crazy for everybody. Um, Wolf of Star Ho- or Snow Hollow has been a movie that for the last year, every listener of my podcast has been like, there has never been a movie made more specifically for you. Go see it. And I haven't seen it, but now that I've seen Beta Test, I'm fucking buying it. I'm not even going to yeah, give it a test. I'm just going to put it in my collection to have. Yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a weird one. I feel like Wolf of Snow Hollow feels like like a kind of snowy Fargo like murder mystery, but then it's also a bit like Zodiac as a comedy. I think you'll yeah. like. Yeah, no, I, and I think part of that is that like on the show I've been a Mister. I love werewolf movies, but like I'm so the champion for like the trauma and the full moon pictures of like do as much as you can with as little of a budget as you can, and that's like the real charm. And then like everything that you preach about what makes a good schlocky movie is in this film. Like it is tailor made for you. Go see it. So when I saw that you guys, I didn't even know that you were the team behind that until after I watched beta test and started doing the research and was like hopped on Amazon and picked up my copy that's coming in the mail. So so thank you so much. But let me know what you think about it. I'm actually stoked to hear your thoughts on it. I I love that your friends didn't give you any clues about it because there's like a lot that they could have said about the movie that I think I think you'll take away from it. So yeah, dude. No, I, I am a, I, and I I think everyone should be avoid as much information as you can. That's what makes the fantastic fest interview so difficult to me sometimes is like, (laughs) you don't want to spoil the experience of the movie. God knows the trailers do that enough for people anymore anyway, but let's start to wrap it up because I know you're on the, the, you're just jumping interview to interview. Where can people go to check out a, if the film is coming anywhere near them in the future, or B, is there a date set in mind for it to be readily available? And if not, where can they go to find out when it is readily available? Yeah, so it's coming out in the United States and around the world, um, basically in theaters uh, on November 5th on Guy Fox Day, which oh. we find to be a perfect date. So remember, remember the 5th of November. Um it does feel a bit like we're doing a plan to blow up Parliament with this film. <laughs> <laughs> it could not be a better date. I'm glad that they picked that one. Um, so yeah, the 5th of November is when it will be out. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, PJ and Jim, and I look forward to the next movie as well, and we will absolutely have to get you on for future stuff as well. So love the movie so much, listeners. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Go check out Beta Test when it is readily available everywhere. You will not regret it. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 